0: So we provide right now medical journals for patients to track their pain, symptoms, questions prior to their doctor's appointments. So you're not scrambling anymore in the appointments. And when the doctor asks, hey, how have you been doing? You can answer those questions, those important questions. I saw the need for it when um, I was 17 years old. I was an athlete for a very long time, for 13 years. And I uh, ended up blacking out on the softball field. And I was diagnosed with something called Chiari malformation, had to have the brain surgery, and I lived this need. I saw the need for a product, where a tool where I can go to my doctors and not feel like I'm playing a game with him, a guessing game Welcome to the
1: University of Adversity. So one of the number one things I get asked all the time is, Lance, when are you going to launch a podcast course? When can I learn to do what you do? So now the time has finally come. And I've partnered up with another fellow podcaster, Julian Guterle from Green Planet, Blue Planet. We have over 400 episodes combined, reached multiple tens of thousands of people and impacted a lot of lives. We decided to come together and create an eight-week program. We're going to do eight 90-minute calls throughout the process. We're going to break down how it all works from start to finish. Podcasting is an interesting game right now. A lot of people fail because they don't get the right information in the beginning and they either quit because they underestimate the amount of work it takes or they just don't know what they're doing. So we wanna provide you something so that you can learn from the mistakes we made, started off hitting the ground running and actually have success. So having an eight week program where we're gonna have a small group, 10 to 12 people, we're gonna be able to talk, we're gonna be able to communicate and really figure out what questions you have, what's stopping you and how to break through any barriers like that. So you're going to be able to launch this thing feeling amazing and confident. And not only that, it's a community feel, so it's always better to have a support group around you when doing something like this. And I believe this will be a life-changing opportunity. So we're looking for 10 to 12 people. If you're interested or you feel called to this, I highly recommend checking it out. You can find on my Instagram, lance.esios. It's in the bio, the top one. It says, launch your own podcast course. If you click on there, it'll give you all the information. And then we can hop on a call and answer any questions that you have. So I highly suggest if you're feeling called to start a podcast, but if you don't have the tools, the resources, you don't know how to do it, this is perfect for you. We'll help you the entire way to start and launch your podcast so it can be successful. So if you're feeling called, check it out. Link is in the bio on my Instagram. Or if you feel like you want more information beforehand, send me a DM. Happy to answer any questions or email me anytime have a great day everybody what is happening everybody welcome back to the show we got a great inspirational guest today her name is jordan ray she is the founder and chief executive officer of limitless medical logs she created manages and operates limited medical logs which provides doctor recommended medical logs for people battling with health conditions the log provides a simple way for people to accurately track their pain and symptoms. She and her story have been featured in the Palm Beach Post, the Sun Sentinel, the Town Career, WPTV News Channel 5, ESPN, numerous magazine covers, speaking events, podcast interviews, and she is also the Wellington hometown hero and soon-to-be author. So I had a really great conversation with Jordan. Really inspiring, you know, because she's got quite the story that she's had to overcome she was an athlete, and then got, you know, this this brain condition that is, you know, really impacted her life, and she's just been able to power through. And we got into my story and her story. We went pretty deep about some things. It, it felt really good to talk to her about this stuff. And there's definitely an issue with the lack of communication from patient to doctor. So we're gonna unpack all that, and you guys will learn some stuff that was pretty cool too. So, as always, you guys like. I get so inspired from hearing people battle through things, and at somebody at such a young age, Jordan has been able to do some amazing things. And I know you guys will get a lot out of this. So if you guys do, leave us a review on Apple. Let us know what you think, and stay on top of the episodes by hitting that subscribe button. It's all free, and most importantly, enjoy the show. Jordan Ray coming right up, and we are live. Jordan, how you doing? Thanks for good. coming. Good. How are you? Me. Thanks uh, for having me. I'm good. I'm good. As, uh, as we were chatting before, I'm um, just trying to process all this stuff. I just got off a, an amazing call and it's just with what's going on in the world and, you know, you go on your phone on social media and there's just so much craziness, so many opinions, right?
0: Right. right. Where, are you,
1: where are you at with all this stuff? Like, how are you feeling? First, we have COVID going on and then we got this going on with the, the racism issue. Like, how are you doing right now? Let's, let's start there.
0: Like we kind of touched earlier, I agree with you that we all need to learn from it. Yeah. There needs to be changes made from the COVID to the racism to all of it. Things need to be changed. And I really hope that there will be a lot of change.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely there. We're all going to have to change in our own ways and learn from this. And I think everybody looks at life through a different lens. and you know, they just got to do their best with what they have and their situations and their relationships. And it's a, it's a tough one. It's, a, it's, it's tough to make a big change of, you know, first we're dealing with all this, this COVID stuff, you know, and lately the last couple months, it's been kind of the starting point in the conversation. Cause it's hard for me not to address what's going on in the world. Like pretend it's not happening. Right. right. And And then boom, right into this. So it's just been It's really been interesting to see how everybody has been able to adapt, you know, Mm -hmm. how it's tested you, how, 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 how things have happened. So where, where are you and what have you learned from all this in the last little while?
0: Well, I can tell you for COVID, we really had to adapt my company. uh, We had a lot of big things happening and we're set to launch in March. And that's where everything kind of hit the fan with uh, COVID. And I had to make the decisions as a business owner and adapt to what's going on to kind of push them back. We haven't even launched our app yet, which was supposed to launch in March. So we're still waiting. I'm hoping. At the end of July, we can get something out there and get going.
1: So yeah, there's there's probably so many people that were thinking springtime, spring, time, spring right. 2020. Let's get this thing going. Let's. So what did you do? How did you respond to that? Because that's that's massive when you have these plans, and all of a sudden you're like, what? I can't do this now. How did you adapt?
0: I can. I'm not gonna lie. I can tell you in the beginning, I was actually really frustrated because. I've been working so hard on this company and my own personal health to help others. And when I had hospital deals going through and all of that had to be put aside, I got really angry in the beginning because I felt like everything was lining up how it should be. And then this happened and then it felt like everything fell apart. But I realized that I need to make sure I remember my why and my purpose of why I do what I do. So when I started thinking about that every single day, I realized that, you know what, everything does happen for a reason. I know this is absolutely horrible. What's going on? Mm -hmm. But I need to take some time. This is giving me more time to really perfect the app. So I, I turned that from a negative to a positive. And so that's really what I was doing. It's all about my mindset when it comes down to these decisions and the adversity.
1: So tell us about your company, Limited Medical Logs. Tell us about that, first of all.
0: So, Limitless. Limitless, so, sorry,
1: sorry, Limitless. Limitless,
0: yeah. sorry. No, you're good, limitless. so.
1: Limitless, yes, sorry. <laughs>
0: So we provide right now medical journals for patients to track their pain, symptoms, questions prior to their doctor's appointments. So you're not scrambling anymore in the appointments. And when the doctor asks, hey, how have you been doing? You can answer those questions, those important questions. So like I just said, we have the medical journals and we're supposed to launch the app, the digital app in March so that's been put on hold but that is what we do i saw the need for it when um i was 17 years old i was an athlete for a very long time for 13 years and i uh, ended up blacking out on the softball field and i was diagnosed with something called chiari malformation had to have the brain surgery and i lived this need i saw the need for a product where a tool where I can go to my doctors and not feel like I'm playing a game with him, a guessing game. So I know I was short on the story, but I wanted to see and show you that I saw the need and I filled it.
1: Yeah. So it's hard to believe that that's not like, so, okay. Can you just kind of explain it again for, because so what normally you go in and the doctor kind of they ask you questions, you get specific with what you're asking. Like walk us through this because this is interesting and it's, it's making me think, yeah. is it something like this already
0: happening? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I'll give you an example of how kind of my days go using okay. the log. So I normally wake up with a migraine and it can either range from a three to a, and a 10 mm-hmm. or an eight out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 as it works. So When I wake up, let's say 6 a.m., I'll fill that in in the diary part. It's 52 weeks, the log. Fill that in. And throughout the whole day, I can fill out the intensity of the migraine. If I ate something that could have triggered it to get worse or to get better. And then I can flip the page to the human body chart where I can pin, mark, drag pain. So when I go to my doctor, I can show him the human body chart or I can flip to my diary that I have filled out.
1: Wow, so you can get Mm -hmm. super specific and you just kind of waste time kind of going back and forth. You can kind of- Exactly. Show exactly what's going on.
0: And I mean, it's that time with your doctor is so important. And obviously this product is more towards someone with a long-term condition that goes to the doctor a few times a year, not someone that goes once. But being able to be so detailed, really, every time I show my doctor, their jaw just drops because we can have a full conversation about my health and I'm taking full control of my health. I'm not hoping that he'll do everything for me.
1: Wow. That's, that, so wow, because I mean, there's so many situations where that can be useful. Right. Right? Like yeah. for illnesses. I mean, because- you got to go back and, and it's, he, there's so many different things, so many different levels of pain, so mm-hmm. many different things that could be going on. Wow. So what about, so I'm just thinking the first thing that came to me is, you know, I talk a lot about mental health, a lot right. of people struggling, you know, depression, all that. And I just wonder like, you know, being able to have somebody come and sort of talk about their symptoms, the different levels throughout whatever they're facing it may be a bit different but it's really interesting because it's not always going to be the same thing all the time
0: right exactly
1: and there's different levels and you can kind of pinpoint like why is this happening now versus yeah I mean I I'm just fascinated by this because I would think that something like this was already that part of protocol I mean I don't go to the doctor ever so it's it's, it's hard to believe that it's
0: not You would, you would think so. And then that's when I actually saw the need for it. My mom, um, had breast cancer when I was 16 and I saw her going to her appointments and she was struggling to have these conversations with her doctors. And I was like, there has to be something like this. And then when I realized there wasn't, and then when I, when she went into remission, that's when everything happened for my health. And so I was going to the doctors and they would always say to me, track how you feel, get a piece of paper out, track everything. And that's when I started thinking I was a customer at that point looking for something like this. When I didn't find what was needed, that's when I said, you know what? I need to create it. So but I didn't touch on what I should have, the appointment notes. So that kind of goes into what you were saying with the mental health. We have a section where you can fill out your appointment questions prior to your doctor's appointment. So you're able to write down what the, the doctor says back to you, but you're able to fill it out a week prior to, a month, three months prior to that appointment instead of sitting in the waiting room and you're scrambling, asking the person um, with you, hey, do you remember what I wanted to ask them?
1: Yeah. And it's always like you're on a a, a like a time clock when you go to the doctors. Yeah. I rarely ever go, but it feels like I'm just, dit, dit, all right, you're out of here. It's like, what? Right. Like, why did they yeah. even come here? Like, how do you even know that's it? Like-
0: and especially with a chronic illness, it's, it feels like it's even shorter because you, just, you have so much to get done. And that's where I said when the doctors and you are able to be a team, I always use this reference because I played softball for so long. We had the players and we had the coaches. Mm. If we didn't work together, we were not successful. The player in this part is the chronic illness patient. The coach is the doctor. So you have to put them together to be a team and to achieve what you want to achieve, which is better health as a patient.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, cause I lost my dad to cancer almost three years ago and yeah. he went back and forth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People, You know, he, he got symptoms of something like a couple months before, but nobody said it was anything to worry about. And he'd go back to the doctors and they didn't tell him anything. And they were saying, Oh, well stop worrying so much. And he had a functional medicine doctor. He had a GP and nobody. And then all of a sudden it was too late when he went in and he had symptoms. And it was like, well, he had two days to live and he had pancreatic cancer. It's like, where, where does like, that's where something like that would fit in. It's like, right. There's pain. There's something going on like a couple months prior, like they don't, you know, but when the doctors are saying that it's nothing, how can you say it's nothing? How? Right. But you should be able to track the symptoms and what is, what is flaring up and what, you know, specifically. So when you go each time, and it helps the doctor as well, right? Because like just it says, they're just like, they're just like taking a guess on like maybe because in the past you worried a lot about something. So this is just another one of those, like don't cry wolf or something. Right. And it's like, well, how, how are you knowing that this is like, you know, without knowing the yeah. facts of like what is actually the, the issue this time and like what is like the symptoms leading up to the next visit like it seems it blows my mind to think like that's not how things have already been done
0: right and that's (laughs) where in the beginning i said there needs to be a change yeah and this is a change that needs to be made i'll give you an example when i first blacked out on the ball field i was running for a routine play yeah and it I actually blacked out, I got up and I continued playing because I was a very healthy athlete. You don't think that something like this just happened. I thought I just tripped and fell and hurt my neck. So when I went to the doctor like a day or two later, he said, oh, you have whiplash, you're fine. Just give it a few weeks. I had 50 migraines straight after that. Then I was sitting in my neurosurgeon's office. But the whole point is, if I was able to accurately tell that first doctor what's going on, maybe he wouldn't be like, oh, you just have whiplash, like the other three that just came in today. Uh,
1: yeah. How can they just say that? Yeah. <laughs> like, how is that? So tell us more about this brain injury or this brain, like, I, I'm, I'm curious. So did it just all of a sudden hit you or like, walk us through that a little bit.
0: Well, the crazy thing is, I was born with this illness, and okay, okay. I never had one symptom. So, what's it called
1: again? Sorry, let's. What's it Chiari
0: malformation, C H I A R I. It's it's a rare illness. Okay. Um. So, it's a serious neurological disorder where my cerebellum extends into my spinal canal, blocking the cerebrospinal fluid to and from my brain. So when I found that out, and then I found out that I was born with it. And I played softball for 13 years. I never had a blackout and I never had a migraine. So my symptoms range from daily migraines, extreme neck and back pain, dizzy, nauseous, memory loss. I never had one of those symptoms prior to. So the blackout was the flow got cut off right here at my neck. And it was just a quick five, 10 second blackout. And yeah, I got diagnosed and you you're diagnosed through MRIs and CAT scans they can find it so we did that and then my neurosurgeon said in your case the brain surgery is needed and obviously I got other opinions they all agreed and we scheduled it for December 1st this was now my senior year of high school so I spent my senior year having brain surgery and recovering.
1: So what happened after the surgery? Like what kind of symptoms, like do you, do you still get bad migraines or like?
0: Yeah. So after the surgery, the recovery was absolute hell. I was in the pediatric ICU for four days, which for this illness, you're normally in there for about 14, but because of my athletic background, I did very well there. A lot of physical therapy. And then after about two months of that, I started getting the migraines back. And the neck pain and the back pain. So I went back to my neurosurgeon and I now have scar tissue blocking the, where the surgery was. It's a decompression. So I have scar tissue blocking my uh, cerebrospinal fluid to my brain. So the surgery is, I don't want to get too graphic. I don't know if some of your viewers might not like that. But uh-huh. um, the decompression is they take a part of your skull out, the back of your skull, to have an opening for more flow to be able to go through to your brain. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so, but I still to this day struggle with the symptoms. It's daily and I'm trying to find, there's no cure for this, but I'm trying to find proper management so I can have the quality of life of a 22-year-old.
1: I was going to ask you your age.
0: Yeah, I was 17 when I blacked out 18 um, when the surgery happened. How
1: how risky is the surgery?
0: Very. I had to actually get a well and living well signed prior to the surgery. And if I didn't have that done, I couldn't have the surgery because it's so risky.
1: Fascinates me how these surgeons, it's just such a small, little, little error and something can go wrong.
0: Especially that a big thing was where he was touching. If he, I don't know, twitched or something, I could have been paralyzed. So that was, there was a lot of, there was a laundry list of things that could have happened, but I wanted to feel better. And if I knew that I would still be like this, I don't think that I would've gotten the surgery done.
1: So you start, how did you you start a business while you're going through this? That's pretty amazing. Yeah. (laughs) At your age too.
0: No, like I said, I saw the need for this and I just lost everything. Softball was my everything. And I was about to go play in college. I just had one more year left and then I would go fulfill that dream And when I lost that, I said to myself, I need to do something to keep my uh, headspace right. And I always knew I wanted to help people when I got older. I never thought it would be at 20 years old, but I made the decision. I know there's other people out there like me that need this tool. I'm going to create it and create Mm. the business.
1: It's amazing. Well done. Thank you. It's a, it's a big, it's a big thing. Like it's, it's massive. I mean, what, so let's walk us through your, your day to day. Like what's it like being a CEO at your age? Uh, You know, somebody that's trying to create a new lane, like walk us through that a little bit because I mean, you must, you must go through your own challenges on that as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And being this age there, it adds another layer of challenges. Um, Credibility. Yeah,
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah. So um, I normally have a few like podcast interviews, TV, newspaper per day. And I've been trying to do more because I want to get better at it. I've only been doing interviews for under a year, about a year. So I know I'm not like others that have been doing it for a while. So I try to do as many of those as I can. Mm. The day-to-day is speaking with hospital executives because I want the logs and the app to be throughout that whole hospital system where a patient goes to the doctor, the doctor can just pull the log from the cabinet and give it to the patient or say, here's the app, you need to use it. Mm. So a lot of phone calls, a lot of networking, I go to a lot of events and I also try to host a lot of events. About a week before the corona went crazy, I had a huge event with about 100 hospital executives and that's where I was saying all the deals were going through. So that was what I try to do on a daily basis is have events, do media interviews and meet people.
1: How come you can't use this during Corona though? Why wouldn't that be a good time to, because I feel like there'd be tons of people going back and forth.
0: So this is going to be hard to answer. So you can't, okay. Okay. But because my company is so new, Mm. they are going to look at it as I'm putting out false facts that I don't know about Corona and also that I'm not a credible source yet. So like I said, the timing where I said that the app was going to launch in March, if I launched at that time, it would be really bad timing. So Uh that's where I'm trying to get it right where... This is for chronic illness patients. If yeah. you have Corona and you want to use it, go ahead. But we're not marketing for yeah. that. Hmm.
1: Is there a lot of red tape trying to get, get something like this done? Cause I feel like it would be like very challenging, especially when you're dealing with this industry. <laughs> like,
0: Yeah. Like the medical industry. Yeah. It's um, I'll go back to the last hospital deal that I was working on. Just getting in the front door to speak to these executives, because I'm a 22 year old young woman getting myself into those doors. They say, what is she going to sell us? Uh I mean, what does she know about the medical field? What does, what does she know? So when I get past that, where they're like 60 year old, and you know, so that's another barrier that I have to deal with but I keep pushing through because I believe in this product because I lived through uh, I am a patient and I saw the need for it so
1: yeah I mean it's that's isn't that the truth though the the older generation just not thinking the young younger yeah. generation but if anything the younger generation we got to pay more attention to right because they're the future <laughs> like, yeah I mean I'm 36 and and I look at the people in the early twenties. And I'm kind of like, okay, because that to close off somebody because of their age, especially now is, is a, is a foolish thing. Mm-hmm. I think there's a certain amount of life experience that one needs as far as, you know, a certain perspective on life, but there's a lot of smart people and technology is way different than it used to be. And they're, a, they are a lot further ahead than the 22 year old when the 60 year old was 22. Right. me when i was 22 we were just we we're that was like uh, facebook wasn't even out yet you know like it was a different world i had a computer in grade 12 so for me to come com- for me to compare compare my 22 to somebody now it's different things are high speed people know a lot more and right. it's almost you want to get curious about the younger generation like yourself 22 like whoa she's she probably knows her shit right like and 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 I guess that's just kind of the challenge, right? The barriers. And I think I think that's what a lot of people go through as an entrepreneur, as business, and what doing what you're doing is it's not easy because you are trying to cut through the people old programming. There's old mm. programming in every industry, you know, trying okay. to change, even in the health and wellness space. Stuff that I was taught playing hockey growing up is completely thrown out now. Like some of the the ideology around nutrition and whatever it may be. It's just challenging to cut through that noise sometimes.
0: Yeah. And I like what you said, life experience. That's what the older generation was. They would look at me and after they heard my story, they're like, holy shit. She's been through so much in the past four years than most will do in their lifetime. Yeah. So once I, I always go into a meeting and I start with my story because their perspective of me completely changes.
1: Totally, and I was going to say you must lead with your story because your story is powerful. And just the fact that you're doing what you're doing and and creating this lane with your story, I mean, it's amazing. And you can't you can't ignore that. Like a doctor would be foolish to ignore that because you have lived it. And you're right. There are some people who are 60 that haven't done a damn thing in their life yet they're older. And then there's people that have been through more before they're 30 than most humans. You know, so that, that is, that is important. And I guess sometimes, and there's taking a, a a tough moment in your life and actually having it as something that can help you to help you grow and help you create this. It's crazy that works, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But a big thing is I stepped up to the plate to make it happen. Totally. That's like all my friends they obviously are the same age as me and and they're finishing up college. I'm in college as well. I'm, it's, you know, yeah, it's been a little bit harder for me because of my health. So I'm on like the slower plan or path, but all my friends, they'll ask me like, how did you do this? How did you start a business when we're the same age and look where we are, the difference. And I said, I just did it. I got out of my comfort zone. I was, I'm uncomfortable every single day. Cause I'm doing things that I've never done before, mm. but I know tomorrow I will be better than how I am today.
1: Where did you learn this stuff from? Tell us some of the disciplines that you have, because like this, what differs you from your friends then? What do you do? Walk us through the stuff. Like when you get up, you know, what is your routine? Like, what are the things? Cause you can't just do this without having these other factors that you're building. Like walk us through some of that.
0: Well, I always go back to what softball taught me. And like you yeah. just said, you played hockey. So, yeah. you know, the sports, they teach you more on the field than yeah. you do in school. But I think me being a patient and the hell that I've gone through and continue to go through with my health, it's all about your mindset. And that kind of is different for me and my friends. When I wake up, it's, I either have a, a migraine or a really bad migraine. So, I mean, I could tell you there's points where I'm like, I'm so over this. I just want this to be done. But I knew there was more than just the migraine, that I will get somewhere, I will help all these people. But like I said, it literally just comes down to my mindset and why I'm doing what I'm doing.
1: Why are you doing it? What's the, what's the big picture? Like what When you get up, when you're going through those really hard times and you're like, man, I wish this, I hate this. Like I'm feeling like when you're at your lowest, what is that thing? Like, what is your why that you have to revisit? Because most people, nothing is easy what they're doing. They always have to come down to your why, your purpose. Like, why are you like, what is the reason when, when shit gets, hits the fan? Right. And, like, what is that? What's your, what do you go back to every single day?
0: That. I want to help people. I do not want people to go through what I went through as a patient, what I saw my mom go through. I felt so helpless when she was diagnosed. And as you can, you feel the same when your dad was diagnosed, you would have done anything to help them. Yeah. So when I know that now I have a tool that could have helped my mom during her fight, that's what gets me up in the morning, knowing that in a few months, I will be helping all of those people.
1: Yeah, that is so important. And you're right. I felt cheated. I felt like, what? Yeah. I, like, and, you know, I lost a brother, a younger brother to suicide too. And, you know, he had been through, this is stuff that, you know, over, over time should have been tracked, like if he's having visits. Right. So that that wouldn't come to that, right? Right. Instead of like, oh, you're like this, have some drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but that's the gap that needs to be shortened or at least communicated to who they're visiting so that they know and they can kind of figure out the individual unique things that are happening, and not just general you got this oh uh, whatever it's like specifically each visit knowing like what you're getting into and what you're going through and yeah i've I've experienced it twice, and it's like you you just feel cheated, you know right. like. I literally feel cheated, but I also feel like it's a gift because I get to help other people, like you're saying, to make the change or to help wherever I can. And it's almost like it's fuel, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I always, in the beginning, the first probably two months, I kept saying to myself, "Why me? Why is this happening? It's like you don't expect it. That was kind of the hardest thing is the transition from a healthy person, to I blinked, and now I'm walking into the hospital, have brain surgery, not knowing if I would wake up. So, but to touch on what you just said is, what I'm trying to do is improve patient-doctor communication. Yeah, That there is such an issue there that needs to be fixed, and that is what I truly want to do.
1: Yeah, it's such an important thing. Wow. Yeah, and... I think most people want that too. Yeah. <laughs> like, Right. Or you go visit a doctor, you get the different doctor and you got to go through the, the song and dance, like trying to just, just give me somebody that knows something. Right. Like, it's like, it's like you try, this is a completely different example, but it's like, say you're on the phone, you call a phone company and you're, you're talking about a bill, a dispute. And then they put you on hold and then they hang up. Then you got to go through the same shit again. And I go, oh no, can you put me on the person I just talked to? And it's like, you're constantly repeating yourself, trying to like explain, but the person doesn't understand the same as like the first person. And just trying to navigate through that is annoying in itself. Never mind trying to do that when it comes to like the communication with your doctor and stuff that actually matters. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Your health is the most important thing to a person.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of that people go through that all the time, you know. And
0: yeah,
1: just being able to have that 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 tool is great. So, you know, aside from that, during all this time, you know, what's going on? What have you learned from all this stuff? Like before, like where have you? What's your takeaway from this? Kind of having to put things on pause. Mm-hmm. You know, what has been your biggest takeaway from the last three months? You know, good and bad. You know, what what are what are you using as fuel for this?
0: I like how you just touch on kind of making the adjustments. I was just going day to day through all my stuff, running my business until this hit. I didn't think prior to that that I have to be making adjustments in two three months because COVID's going to hit. So that was something I haven't done yet, other than adjusting from, like I said, athlete to patient. But knowing that this is just the first adjustment of many with this company, so I'm going through it and seeing what needs to happen, what I've done wrong. But on the personal side, I'm actually spending this time to perfect skills that I'm very bad at. And I'm also learning Spanish. So that was the one thing that I wanted to do. But so that's how I'm spending my time.
1: Mm. What are some things you're looking to improve?
0: Marketing. Obviously, I have the story, but all this happened so quick where I'm still trying to learn and Mm -hmm. spend the days learning. So marketing, just how people think, how people operate, the psychology behind it, why people buy Sales, I've gotten pretty good at, and just I've been literally spending these past few months perfecting the app. So Mm -hmm. if we would have launched in March, there could have been a lot of issues, but now we have the time to make sure it's done right, and we're not just throwing a product out there.
1: Have you thought about starting a podcast?
0: I'm writing a book. I know that wasn't the question, but- I want to do that first. Yeah. Because it's a good idea. Yeah. I want to get better at these interviews. Mm. I want to get better at answering the questions and talking about this. Um, So I think writing the book first would be easiest and then go into a podcast.
1: I think it's important too, because having a book, a podcast is a really, it's a, it's a marketing tool, right? It can, you can share your story. You can do that. But it's also great to have a book that you can, you want to have somewhere to send people, right? Right. Like you want to be able to give a book or I think it's very, I think you're doing a great, That that's a great idea. And as far as marketing, I mean, there's so many different ways you can do it. Podcasting yeah. is one way, a book, email list, all that stuff. Yeah. But it all, it it all works in synergy with each other, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. I think it's important to have both a book and a podcast, right? Because yeah. especially with you and your story, because sharing that just builds more trust with people, which means they're going to want to be involved with you, right? Like it's, that's, that's at the end of the day, that's what it is. And if you're in sales, it's like more trust means more people want to just do business with
0: you. Yeah. And I've lacked on social media as well. That's something I need to work on and I've been doing it. I, I want to post every single day and I know that's what you're supposed to do. So I've really spent this time to work on a lot of things that needed to be done.
1: Mm social media is its own beast
0: yeah. Oh, because, yeah,
1: because it can get, you always, you never feel like you're doing enough. Right. Right. Cause we compare ourselves to everybody. Like.
0: Oh yeah. It's yeah. And I've been working on like videos because I've noticed videos are much better. Oh, yeah. Like how you asked about the company. If I'm able to, to explain everything, show videos in less than a minute, yeah. a walkthrough from literally how the patient would use it at home to the doctors. Yeah, I mean, people really jump to it.
1: Yeah. Cause people are, you just, and I agree, the more you're doing stuff like this, the better you get, you know, you get better at telling your story too. Yeah. The first time I told my story, you know, I didn't know how to tell it. And each time <laughs> you, you kind of, and that's the beautiful thing is you go, ah, I could have put more emphasis on that. I could have yeah. done a little less. I could have, But isn't that just the truth though, because everyone's got a crazy story, but it's the people that can put that story together in the best way can move people and, and, you know, create that energy shift. Those are the people that really get the attention. It's about crafting your story. And I, I, just from what I've seen, it's the people that can craft it the best are usually the people that have the most success, right? Cause it's an emotional thing. Again, is. There's, a, is a, there's an art to telling stories right people love the hero people love the hero's journey right but if you don't emphasis if you don't do the highs and the lows correctly people yeah. don't you know what I mean so it's like even yeah. myself sometimes I tell it I'm like oh shit I should have said it I shouldn't have said it like that
0: right you know, I'll like, leave here and then I'll yeah. think of a hundred things I should have said could have yeah. said it this way I mean the first few that I did it's like did I even make sense yeah, but yeah. I had one lady say to me, "She's like, you need to start being more emotional with your story." I'm like, "I'm working on it. This is my second interview.
1: Yeah, I
0: mean, I'm. This is probably maybe my 15th podcast now, and I've gotten much better at the first few that I did. I can't imagine where I'll be in maybe like 100 podcast interviews." You know? Yeah,
1: oh, absolutely. I mean, I've done 200 of my own shows, and I'm still after. Like, I'll be like, "That was stupid. Why did I say that?" Like. <laughs> But honestly, if I can, you know, this is where I find it to be troubling sometimes. It's like, and maybe this could help you, is that sometimes we don't go deep enough because we feel like we don't want to, like, make somebody uncomfortable. Yeah. But honestly, the more, the deeper you go, the better. Because it's, for me, this is just from my experience as well. It's like, oh, I don't want to make people feel like this or... I, I don't know if they care to listen. And that's our own egos. That's our own, you know, beliefs. But people want to hear the rawness, right? Yeah. And even me just telling that, be like, Lance, take your own advice. Go deep for sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But like, that's, that's what moves people. So right. if you can get comfortable really going deep with your story and really where you feel it, you'll know that you'll move people. And it's, a, it's an art. It takes a while. And like you said, every time you, you just share it, You'll take, you know, take the good, take the bad. Don't beat yourself up. You're still doing, you're still, and people take years to craft this out, right? This is a science. Like it's it's something that, but if I could give any advice, the deeper, the better.
0: Yeah. And I've noticed when telling my story for like the sales side, when I make it known that I understand what they're going through as a patient I mean the it makes it so much easier like this was created for patients by a patient. Mm. Them hearing that statement their eyes light up because it's not someone just who created a, a product and are selling it to make some money. I'm not doing that.
1: That's what I think is the key factor in anything that does well is somebody's got to have experienced it or walked the walk themselves or really lives the product. Right. If you don't live the product you're selling what, like, why are you selling it? Why are you creating it? It's, it's Definitely. not being to your truth. If you create something from your heart, from your truth that you truly believe in, you know, it's not going to come overnight, but like you're going, that's going to be what it's going to radiate on the people because right. they can see that you really believe in it. Right. And mm-hmm. eventually you won't even have to do any convincing. They'll just go, wow, I just like this person Yeah, <laughs> the story is so moving and they're so genuine that I just want to do business with them. Right. And I think that's the kind of world we're moving into is I think people have to be, they have to be their product. They have to love it so much and get behind it and be truthful. And cause people can see past the bullshit. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's yeah. A, and there's a lot of that out there. There's a lot of people. Yeah. right. So
0: I mean, I can tell you this company gets me out of bed every single day. I know I didn't, you did kind of ask that before, but this literally does just, I jump out of bed when I have meetings because I love meeting people. I love talking to people. So when I know that I have meetings or interviews lined up, I fly out of the bed. I don't even care if I have a 10 out of 10 migraine
1: because I know I'm going
0: to have a good day no matter what.
1: Mm, Yeah, no, that's, that's great. So did this I don't want to. So it's a disease brain disease, right? I, I didn't want to say disease if it's not a disease or what is it? Um,
0: let's say illness.
1: Okay. Brain illness. So what, did this stop you from getting like a scholarship? Is that what the path you were on or was yeah. that so that like, okay.
0: I, I don't tell this part, but like I should, I should go deeper a week before my blackout. I went on a tour for a whole week with my parents to a bunch of universities and colleges interested in me as a student athlete. So I come back, I literally just had to make it through districts. So one more week of playing, and then I'd go back to those schools and I'd get offers. So I missed it by a week, obviously, but my doctor did clear me like months after the surgery. He said, you can get back on the ball field, but he's like, I don't think you really should the migraines you have, how intense they are. So I was never able to recover in time to be able to take a scholarship.
1: All right. Well, let's unpack that a bit. How was, how are you dealing with that? Because, you know, I, for me, my career ended, it was my own fault, right? I did some stupid stuff, but for you, you know, that's a, that's a big blow to somebody that is pursuing that. Have you dealt with that? Have you unpacked? Have you gone through that? Because I know what it's like as an athlete, you put your whole life into that. And then, yeah, you may have pivoted now into this, but have you processed that of, of the scholarship stuff?
0: Um, I mean, that's, no. yeah. <laughs> and that's where I try to stay away from because that has been the hardest thing out of all this. I spent 13 years w- yeah. at this sport. I just, I loved it so much. And when the first thing I thought when, I walked into that appointment after my MRIs and CAT scans is the biggest thing and the biggest fear an athlete has is losing their sport, but losing it out of their control is 10 times worse. (laughs) So when I walked in there, he told me what I have. And I said to him, will I ever be able to play softball again? And he said, you really will not be able to put your uniform back on. I didn't want to hear anything else. I didn't even care for him to tell me what this was. When I heard that, I was done. I remember I just started crying and I have not accepted it yet. And a lot of people tell me, Oh, move on. You're done with it. It's you know, it was part of your life. It was the biggest part of my life so far. But just move on. It's not that easy. You can't just wake up and forget everything. So it's a really tough subject for me.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) for somebody that's, you know, you're, I, I would suggest or invite you to explore that further on your, like, you know, yeah. I know it's hard, but that going deep into that on your own time or your own terms is going to be super, super important for the healing. Because what I've learned about, cause that's a, that's a trauma. That's a trauma. And, Fish. and if it's not processed, It's going to, it's going to come back in different ways later. So, I mean, just for myself, that me, my hockey, And I know this is going deep here, but this stuff is like, this is, this is, this is powerful powerful stuff. You know, it took me years to process my hockey career because, you know, I did a, I did a bunch of steroids my last year Mm -hmm. and I ruined my career because of it. So I had to live with that of the letdown for years and which came drugs, alcohol, trying to cover up so much sadness. And I dealt with that for years. And now just recently, well, you know, within the last few years, you know, I've been able to process that as being not to say you're going to go down that road or you should. It's like, for me, I, I didn't want to look at the darkness of that. I didn't want to look at it. I thought I'll just move away, but I had to face it. And I had to process it. And I do that through journaling. I do that through really feeling it because it is reality, right? And once I got comfortable with understanding that it happened for a reason and that it's actually fueling my new purpose, then I get excited because I can accept that for what it is. But you're right. Most people, oh yeah, just, just put it behind you. It's fine to say that. But to, to lean into that discomfort, to lean into that, why did this happen? And to journal about it and to get really curious about these things and to really feel that is really going to help down the road. I can say because I've experienced it.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you, how did you, you know, be able to accept it? I feel like I can't figure out how to do so. I'm going to work more on journaling and I wanted, when I was writing the book, I was trying to do it so I can accept what is going on with all of this.
1: Yeah. it's not a one and done thing. Yeah. This is this and being kind to yourself, accepting where you're at, accepting that this stuff is, is, is it takes a while to get through and you know, it, it hurts. It's life. When you feel these things that have happened, it's hard to accept that it happened for us, not to us, but that's the reality. Right. So how, like there's parts of me that think, oh man, like there's guys playing in NHL that I was I was at the same level making millions. I could have been there. But then I'm like, yeah, but what else would I have missed out on right. that I've got now, right? And that's the the framework and it's so hard to do sometimes. But I really invite everybody and everyone listening to like, you know, if you have one of those moments in your life, go back and you don't need to speak it out to people, but get, write it down in your journal. You know, like, have I processed this? And why? Like, what, what do I need to process this? And ask yourself that and just write, write without judgment, write without anybody seeing it. You know? And it's amazing what will come out when you just flow, when you just write without judgment. Like, if you say stupid things, or that doesn't matter. But just getting that feeling out there and that allowing that to get onto paper. And to not be stuck there in the middle of like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to write about it. It's like, it feels so good. And that's just for me, has helped me heal a lot of like my weird trauma from being a teenager and all that stuff. So if I could offer any advice, get comfortable with that because it's going to make you a better CEO. It's going to make you more, have more empathy for other people. It's going to make you an all around better person. The better, the faster you can deal with your trauma. And it'll take a while, but that's the process. That's the journey you're in, right? Yeah, and
0: I I always felt like I was just putting it aside, especially, like I said, being out of control of that. But I was also out of control of my health. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the scariest point. And I would just, like, put it aside, not talk about it, because I felt so alone, even though I wasn't. I had an incredible support group of friends and family. But like my mom said to me, When I was in the pre-op, she said I would do anything to be on that hospital bed and not have you there. And I said to her, but you can't. This will be me on the hospital bed. This will be me after in the ICU dealing with this. You can't deal with this. I have to. So I felt like I was the only one dealing with this, even though there's other people who have Chiari.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, you could definitely be a leader in how to do what you're doing it's so inspiring because what's there? what's everyone's excuse with that that isn't going through this stuff like you're you're, going you know like you're going through something that most people will never go through and you're still able to you know keep going and that's that's the lesson that's the thing is like that's inspiring and people need that you know your story will change people's lives thank you i mean i appreciate that of course. But it, like, but that's what people have to realize in their, in their own story is that yeah. they have value and that people care, even if it's one person, you know, like if if one person says, Hey, you changed my life, which you're going to get lots of
0: mm-hmm. like
1: the, even somebody, for example, someone says to me, your podcast, I listened to this. It was like, so changed my perspective or whatever. Like that is why we do what we do. You know, it's like, That fulfillment of like, wow, you did something to change somebody's life, or at least inspire them to do something different. That's that's what the whole game is.
0: Yeah. Well, I can tell you when I first launched the journal, someone bought, and it was like the first day or two. And you can leave a note on the website about the purchase. And someone said to me that they have Kiari. Thank you for creating this. You're gonna change my life and how I'm able to communicate with my doctors. So seeing that, I just smiled and I thought to myself, this is why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. For that little note, it meant so much.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Out of all of the adversity that you've had, before and after, during, what is, what is the number one lesson that adversity has taught you?
0: Keep going, do not ever give up on anything.
1: <laughs> I love how quick you had that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to go with that one. I mean, I, I learned that from softball yes, too. I, I had I had a lot of injuries every single year. I was breaking something, tearing something. I learned that in softball, but it really kicked in when I uh, uh, got diagnosed.
1: Isn't it amazing how much we learn as athletes? You don't yeah. realize it, but in hindsight, you, you learn all of the things. You right. learn resilience, teamwork, commitment. Time.
0: Yeah. Commitment. Time, time management. management.
1: You learn all the stuff and you don't realize it. And then you get out in the real world and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. I, and it's just that powering through mentality. You know, like you have to in sports, you have to power through, especially if you're at a high caliber, you have right. to go through those times where you're like, you're nervous and you're like, Oh, I don't know. Like you got the butterflies or you don't feel like playing or cause you're going to let your whole team down. You got to show up. Right. And mm-hmm. and that those lessons are just so powerful at and that's why I think and I've talked to people who have who've powered through illnesses diseases that have been through sports and I really think people athletes have an edge when it comes to beating certain things it's Mm -hmm. because we were programmed to get through anything that's the only option
0: yeah yeah yeah. We have to have the grit and determination to achieve anything. And yeah, all my nurses actually said that to me. Cause like I said, I was in there in the ICU for four days. It's normally 14 days. They said they're like, because of your athletic mindset, that is the reason you are walking out of here wow. on day four.
1: I just got goosebumps. <laughs> Good for you
0: thank you. That's,
1: that's that's inspiring. And like, that's, that's, that's your fuel, you know, like you can get, people can get through things, but I think in society, we're made to think that we're not very strong. Like we're weak. We need, we need things to like make us strong and we're, we are so strong. Just Mm -hmm. it's your mindset is everything. Well, and
0: in sports too, they tell you, you cannot be weak. So that was like going from that to having to be, having people say, you got to be emotional, you got to be weak. And I'm like, I was just for 13 years, I had to be strong. And now I have to cry. So
1: Yeah. yeah, things have switched. Because I think now, especially growing up, vulnerability was weakness. And now it's quite the opposite. Right. And now like, I want to be the voice for athletes that are too over masculine on that side where it's like, those are the ones that actually need to open up more. Vulnerability is strength. Sharing your story is strength, not holding it in. You know, it's right. funny, but what we're conditioned as athletes, it's like that's weakness, which is in one, you can, we can't all go around crying, right? Like, mm-hmm. But there's a certain thing that needs to be switched with about toughness and mental toughness. It is okay to share your story and be vulnerable in the right setting. You know, it's, right. and it's good for people. And I think switching that narrative is important. Especially when we get out of, we transfer out of, or we, we transition out of sports, you yeah. know, because yeah. we're that stubborn athlete, right?
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely stubborn. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh wow! Where can everybody find you and check more more out about you and what you're up to and everything?
0: The company website is limitlessmedicallogs.com, and social media: Instagram Jordan Ray twenty five. I think that's the same for Twitter. And the business is Limitless Medical Logs.
1: Awesome. I love it. I love how it's limitless, not limited.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I know. It, it is a tongue twister. <laughs> you know, that was, I can always, people ask me, they're like, what was the hardest thing about starting a business? The name. So then Ooh. now, now that I have the name and when I'm on the phone with someone, they get it wrong and I'm like, crap, I screwed up the name, but it, it all if you see my logo, it all kind of flows and it oh, makes no. sense. There's a reason behind the name. So oh,
1: totally. It makes limit of course limitless. I mean, why would there be limits on what you're doing? Like, exactly. It be? Oh, that's awesome. Hey, I, I really appreciate you coming on. This was this was great. Like Thank I, you for having me. Yeah, it was great. And I'm I'm inspired by your story. I think it's awesome what you're doing and keep it up, you know? Keep uh Thank keep you. shining that light. Because you you got a bright, bright future ahead of you. Thanks. Jordan Ray, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Please leave us a review on Apple if you can. And as well, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you stay on top of the episodes. I hope you guys got value out of that. Hope you have a beautiful day. We'll catch you next time.